Well, good morning, church. It is good to be gathered together today. And uh, on this New Year's Day, I'll ask you to take your Bibles and find your way to the book of John, the Gospel of John, and find your way to John chapter 10. I hope you have had a good beginning of the new year. It is, uh, I'm glad we get to start it together, gathered on the Lord's Day in gathered worship. And we also have the joy of observing the Lord's Supper together today as well, as you can see. The Bible instructs God's people to observe communion or the Lord's Supper in, and I quote, in remembrance of Jesus. You can find those instructions to us in Luke 22, 1 Corinthians 11. And that will be the aim of this sermon today, really more of a meditation to prepare us to remember Jesus together this morning as we begin a new year together. So what should we remember? Well, there's much we could choose from about Jesus, right? We could, we've just come through a Christmas season where we've been remembering the birth of Christ, his first coming, his humble yet glorious arrival to be our Savior. We could remember the miracles of Jesus where he demonstrated his power over sickness and creation and death and sin. Of course, in light of the Lord's Supper, we could remember something about Jesus' great saving acts and his triumphant resurrection. Those are all good and worthy things that we could remember this morning. However, for today, as we prepare to observe the Lord's Supper together, I'd like to turn our attention to a specific feature about Jesus found in John 10, a feature that I think will encourage us all as we look ahead into a new year together here in 2023. I want us to remember this, just one simple idea. Jesus is the good shepherd of his people. Jesus is the good shepherd of his people. In John 10, he uses imagery. Jesus is speaking here, and he uses imagery that he is the good shepherd of his people. In fact, if you look in John 10, in verse 11, I'll read from 11 through 15. You can follow along silently there in your scriptures. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. None of us know what the twists and turns await us in the next year. But something we can know is that whatever twists and turns are ahead of us in 2023, if you are in Christ, you have a good shepherd, and he is leading. I really want for us just to spend some minutes together refreshing our joy in that spiritual reality, that we have a good shepherd. The imagery in the scriptures of shepherding is something that really is found throughout the entirety of the scriptures, from the Old Testament all the way up through into the New. And so I want to just give us uh, some uh, background of the imagery that we see here in John 10. The shepherding imagery that Jesus calls upon in John 10 is based upon what was a common part of everyday life for many who lived when the time when the Bible was being written, especially even when Jesus was speaking here. Many of the characters recorded in the Old Testament were people who daily interacted with the actual work of shepherding. For us, it's a word picture. For the people that were reading the Bible or when the Bible was being written or when Jesus was speaking here in John 10, it wasn't just imagery that they had to kind of think back on. It was 
something that many of them were firsthand familiar with in their, in their day-to-day life. What I want us to realize is that what we read of imagery was, for those people, reality. And so it would have been very, very, um, well, the word that came to mind was pungent. I don't know if a word picture can be pungent, but if you get the idea, it was very vivid for them as they would have heard Jesus speak those words. And there was a long history of shepherding imagery in the life of ancient Israel. Abraham was a shepherd. So was his son Isaac, and Isaac's son Jacob was a shepherd by, by virtue of their careers. Jacob's sons, who were the founders of the tribes of Israel, were shepherds. If we move forward a few hundred years into the story of God's people, we learn that Moses was a shepherd. This was after he fled Egypt. Then he was a shepherd in Midian before God called him to then lead Israel out of Egypt. King David of ancient Israel, he was a shepherd as a youth. And yet none of those shepherds were perfect. All of them had major challenges, problems, failures in their lives. And so that sets up the reader for longing for something better. When we read in Psalm 23, there's really kind of a grand effect when you have these examples of shepherds in ancient Israel. And then finally in Psalm 23, we have these amazing words. Not David is my shepherd or Abraham or Moses, but this, you know it, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He is the one who restores my soul. And ultimately, God is the shepherd that we all seek. He is the one that we all long for most. But Psalm 23 isn't the only psalm that speaks about God as a shepherd of his people. Here's just a quick smattering of examples from the book of Psalms. In Psalm 77, it says, You led your people like a flock. Or Psalm 78, Then God led out his people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. As Israel would, would think back and remember God's treatment of them, they often thought of God's treatment of them as a shepherd leading them as a flock. Psalm 79, But we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. Or Psalm 80, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. Or Psalm 95, For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So to help us appreciate what's happening in John 10, let me give you just a quick context for background, of which I think will help Jesus' words be a little bit more, um, will appreciate them a little bit deeper. The people Jesus is speaking to in John 10 are the same people he was speaking to in John 9. In John 9, a man who was born blind is healed. His sight is restored miraculously by Jesus. This causes an uproar in the city. The synagogue rulers, the religious leaders of the day are interviewing this guy saying, weren't you blind? Now you can see how this happened. And this guy is answering their questions and they refuse to acknowledge Jesus as the miracle working sent one from God, the Christ, the Messiah. They refuse. And so what they, the only thing they can do then is because they refuse to admit that this is what's happened, they throw this man out of the synagogue, out of the faith family of the day because this man claimed and stood by the reality that Jesus healed me. I mean, he was a man born blind. He heard the voice of Jesus, and then he encountered Jesus in his miracle-working power, and he sees. And so he says, listen, this is what's happened. They throw him out of the synagogue. It's in the middle of this local controversy that Jesus teaches and claims to be the good shepherd. When Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, he was contrasting himself with the abusive religious leaders Of his day, he refused to acknowledge Jesus as Messiah. And the thief and the robber and the hireling, those who were casting sheep out, that was the religious rulers of the day. 
They cast this man out. The sheep are the true people of God and the good shepherd is not the religious leaders of the day who are using their power and authority in defiance against the Messiah. The good good shepherd, excuse me, is Jesus himself. And so this morning, as we begin a new year, as we prepare to observe the Lord's Supper together, let's remember this. Jesus is the good shepherd and he will lead us. He will lead us. As we set out into 2023, I want us to rejoice in this truth and depend on that truth. And I think they they come in that order. It's difficult to depend on a truth that your heart is not rejoicing in. So church family, in John 10, look at verse 3. He says, To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And Jesus leads us. Jesus leads us. You might say, well, how has Jesus led us? Well, to begin with, he is the one who has led us out of slavery to sin. In Colossians 1, we're told that Jesus has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And this is what we call the Christian gospel, this glorious truth of what it means to have Jesus as your good shepherd. It doesn't mean you're just a religious person who shows up at church and kind of goes through religious observances. It means that you know Jesus personally as your shepherd, which means you have turned from your love affair with sin, with treason and rebellion against God's rule in your life, and you've embraced Jesus as the forgiveness offered to you by God. And you've been forgiven, and you have a wonderful relationship now with God forever to enjoy him. That is what Jesus does. This is who we are as Christians. Jesus is our good shepherd. That's good news. Now notice that Jesus leads us, but I want us to understand this. Jesus also, as our good shepherd, knows who he is leading. One author put it this way. These are beautiful words, but they're kind of old English a little bit. Nothing in his flock is hidden from him. Their weaknesses their failures, their temptations, their sins, the good which they have neglected when it was within reach, the evil which they have pursued when it lay afar. All is open before his eyes. He knows them and he loves them still. Look at the kind of good shepherd we have in Jesus. In John 13, verse 1, he says, Now before the feast of the Passover, okay, now Jesus is right on the eve. We've just celebrated a New Year's Eve. Jesus is on the eve of his crucifixion, he's going before the feast of the Passover and he says, it says this, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world, he knew that he was going to be marching through the horrors of his sacrifice to be, the, to be our Savior. Here's what it says he did. He says, knowing the hour he had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Church, That is the good shepherd we have. What does it mean for Jesus to love them to the end? Well, it meant walking through betrayal and denial to secure the new covenant with his blood. And even though he was walking through betrayal and denial, he marched forward ahead and accomplished the great saving acts for us so that we might know him and enjoy him forever. That is the kind of good shepherd we have in 2023. He is leading us. But not only that, In Jesus, we have a leader who is with us and goes before us. Do you see in verse 4 of chapter 10, he says, when he has brought out all his own, and notice this, he goes 
before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Friends, Jesus is out in front of us already. He walks before us. We have such a good shepherd. Jesus has walked the path of faith before us, and this is why the author of Hebrews can tell us in chapter 12, verse 2, it's a, he tells us readers, after giving examples of people who live by faith, and one of the dangers is we can start looking at those characters and miss the greatest character, Christ, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. And that's why the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 says this, look to Jesus. Yes, there's these examples and expressions of faith to encourage and inspire you, but ultimately what our hearts need is a shepherd who has walked before us, who is leading us, who we can follow, and that's what we have in Christ. We're told in Hebrews 12, look to Jesus. He is the founder and perfecter of your faith. Take a look at verse 4 again. Do you notice how Jesus leads us? He goes before us, but notice the action that Jesus takes in his leadership. It says that the sheep follow the good shepherd because they know his voice. When he's brought them all out, he goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. Jesus leads with his words, with his voice. He leads through his words, his teaching, through this truth. And in fact, the scriptures so closely connect Jesus and the word of God that in John 1, Jesus is called the word. And so in other words, in our context as New Testament Christians, we can understand this to mean that Jesus leads us through God's word, through the Bible. Look at verse 5 of chapter 10. It says, A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. Why? For they do not know the voice of strangers. Again, the emphasis is on the voice, the words, the teaching, the instruction of Jesus. That's how he leads his people. So here's just a question for us to consider on this New Year's Day. Whose voice leads you? Whose voice led you in 2022? Was it CNN or Fox News or a blog or a YouTube channel or a popular author? And again, none of those things are inherently wrong, but in comparison to the voice of God from his word, how influential were the voices of our modern age in contrast with the voice of God, Jesus, from his word leading you in 2022? You see, if you claim Jesus as your shepherd, which means you claim that Jesus leads you, right? A shepherd is not just a genie in a bottle that you kind of hit the panic button and then the shepherd shows up. No, a shepherd is the one who cares for and tends and leads and provides and protects. There's a relationship between a sheep and a shepherd. If you claim Jesus is your shepherd, that he leads you, then what evidence do you have to prove that? How often are you in God's word? How often do you listen to the voice of your shepherd? You see, the voice of Jesus, the words of God, the divine doctrines of the apostles are found in one place, the Holy Scriptures. Good shepherd leads his people with his voice, which means we are led by God, our good shepherd inasmuch as we listen and read God's word and follow Jesus. So, this is common for us here with Highlands Baptist Church is to give an emphasis, kind of a shot in the arm for all of us to be reminded that we as Christians should be a people who are Bible Christians. We are people of God's word. So, think about it. What growth, what obedience might God be calling you into for 2023 in relation to following your good shepherd by hearing his voice? 
I want to encourage all of us, no matter where you are in your experience of this, to recommit yourself to the ordinary yet profound means of grace experienced through the simple action of reading the Bible, of listening to the Bible, if if that's how your mind works better, of listening to it. We live in such a privileged age to have such ready access to God's Word in so many different rich ways. John Piper said this once, one of the great uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from lack of time. I think the same can be said about our relationship with our Bibles. That's convicting, isn't it? Fill in the blank. If, if that's not your, your time-wasting poison, fine. And fill in the blank on what it is. Netflix or newspapers or news articles or whatever it is. It will not be that we were a Bible-less people because of lack of time. I realize there are other ways to follow Jesus than just reading the Bible, right? Yes, God has given us the gathering of his people, the proclamation of the gospel through preaching, praying together, singing together, discipling each other through Bible-based conversations. Yes. But I want to press this question on our consciences with a little persistence this morning so we don't wiggle away from it without some honest personal assessment and evaluation. What voices are you accustomed to hearing and following in your life? Look back at 2022. Are there any changes that you need to make for 2023 so you can experience more joy in following your Good Shepherd this year? So let's wrap this up. So far we've been reminded that Jesus is the Good Shepherd, your Good Shepherd if you're in Christ. We've remembered what kind of shepherd we have, one who loves us to the end, someone who goes before us, someone who leads with his voice and has given us his voice so that we can hear it any time. But what kind of future is Jesus leading us toward? How can we trust him? Well, God answers that question in his word in Revelation 7. And you can turn there if you want, but I will read some portions of Revelation 7 here as we conclude. And friends, this is glorious. Glorious. In Revelation 7, the Apostle John records a vision of seeing a great multitude from every nation. John writes that this multitude is so many, you can't even count them. From every tongue, tribe, and nation. And here's what they're doing. In Revelation 7, beginning in verse 9, it says that they were standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What a glorious scene. Well, who are these people? Verse 14, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They have been forgiven of their sins by Christ through faith in Him. These are Christians. They're God's people, the sheep of God's pasture. Look at verse 15. Therefore, they are before the throne because their, their robes have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. They're white. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither shall thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. And I know some of us wish there was some heat outside right now because of the winter weather. But how is it possible that these claims could be made for these people, that they would hunger no more, thirst no more, the sun will not strike them? I mean, it talks about this protective, wonderful, like heavenly-like experience. How is this possible? The answer is found in verse 17. 
Here's the reason. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Friends, the shepherd we have in John 10 is leading us to this glorious future. This is the great future that our good shepherd has for us. It's the great future he's reserved for us because this is what God in Christ gave his life to give us. As we consider 2023, I want us to remember we have a good shepherd. He leads us, he goes before us, he leads us with his word, and he's leading us toward a wonderful and glorious eternal future. So I'm going to close. We're going to transition here in just a moment to observe the Lord's Supper together. Before we do that, I'm going to ask us to give some quiet reflection to these truths. You have a good shepherd. He is with you, he goes before you, and he leads you with his voice. What changes is God calling you to make for 2023? What reasons can you rejoice and praise God for these truths in who we have in Christ?